Welcome to the Kimmy Travels Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Walter. I am an expert expat and a slow traveler who's been living abroad for nearly 15 years. So imagine my shock when my wings were clipped by COVID. Buckle up as I take you along on my quarantine in small town Texas. Luckily, it hasn't all been misfortune and despair. There have been some sweet, tender moments as well. Find out what it's like for this global girl to be living in a small town world. If you are up to date on my blog post, then you've seen that I recently got a hold of my belongings that I shipped back from South Korea. And if you haven't already, pop on over and give it a read. So anyway, getting all of my things has sent me on this spiral of nostalgia. So today I'm going to tell you how I became a salsera, a salsa dancer in South Korea. My salsa journey started in Daejeon, South Korea. After about a year of living in the countryside, I was ready to give up my rural bonus. Yes, that's right. They pay you more to live out in the sticks, but I didn't care. I was ready to give up that money and move to the bright lights of the big city. So Daejeon is a mid-sized city by Korean standards. Um, and it's even a stop on the bullet train. Honestly, the location is perfect. It's kind of in the middle of the country, so it's really easy to get anywhere from Daejeon. And I loved living there. I absolutely loved it. So when I first got there, I got settled into my apartment and I can vividly remember, like it was yesterday, I remember standing in the downtown area, which by the way, was like less than a 10 minute walk from my place. So I was standing there on the corner of this busy street, waiting for the traffic light to turn for the pedestrians. So it was one of those intersections where all four sides of traffic stopped and the pedestrians would just go, you know, cross diagonally straight, horizontally, whichever way. So I was just feeling this crush of people and I wanted to cry happy tears <laughs> just because there were, you know, a lot of people. <laughs> and I'd come from, like I said, quite a rural place. So it was fabulous. Um, so now that I was, you know, this big city girl, once again, I wanted to do everything and I joined all the clubs. At that moment, this was going to be my last year in Korea and I wanted to make the most of it. It didn't actually turn turn out to be my last year, but at that moment, it was going to be. So I was accepting any and all invitations I got. Even if I saw it on social media, like I would just show up. <laughs> uh, I think a thing about being a solo traveler is you don't really have many hangups about doing things on your own or if you don't know people. It's just like, well, tonight I'm going to meet some new people. So I would, yeah, I would totally just like show up places. <laughs> oh, this is another really good tip. You should join the local Facebook groups for wherever you're going. Even if it's just a short trip or like a vacation, it's totally worth having a look around and maybe connecting with people who are on the ground because they, they really know what's going on, if the area is safe, like where to go, if you need an apartment, what's a good neighborhood 
Just so, so many resources are in these local Facebook groups. So if you are considering going somewhere, just, you know, have a poke around there and gather information. Uh, okay. I didn't really want to have to go like to too many asides, but I think this is relevant. Uh, speaking of joining local Facebook groups, when I went to Malaysia, there was a travel advisory from the U.S. Department of State because there had been some pirate activity, I guess, and they had advised against non-essential travel to Malaysia. So always do your due diligence, you know, check multiple sources and then make the best decision for yourself and for your needs. But what I have found and in my personal experience, the people who are living there, they know how the situation is and what's really going on. So I always, always, always check my travel groups. And when I checked this time, they were like, ah, pirates, don't worry, come on, it'll be fine. So I did go. Well, anyway, back to Daechan. As I was saying, I was, you know, accepting all of these invitations. And in doing so, I met some of my very best friends, even today, um, during that year that I was living in Daechan. So I met a really cool group of women who provided like so much just like friendship and support. Um, and we did all the things. So I joined, what, what did I join? I was in like a board game club. I, I mean, I don't even have any special interest in board games, but I did it. Um, we did spas, the Jim Jabong, I think it was baking. I was doing brunch. I joined a Spanish language exchange. I was doing Korean lessons at the community center. There was a weekly yoga class at the college and I did that with a coworker. So when I say I was doing all the things, I was doing all of the things. <laughs> so it was at this language exchange that I met Lacey and she invited me to her salsa studio afterwards where she herself was taking lessons. But on that night, it was a social dance. There weren't classes. And honestly, I felt like a bit out of my element only because I had no knowledge of how to dance salsa. But y'all know I am not a wallflower, so I didn't just, you know, hold up the wall, but I played the bongos. So I just, you know, I kept the beat all night. But after it was finished, I had such a good time, even though I wasn't actually dancing. <laughs> and I knew almost immediately, like, this is something else I'm going to try. So I signed up for lessons. And I got placed in the beginner's class because I was a beginner and it was a ball. I had so much fun. I met a lot of people through the studio as well. So Elizabeth, Miguelito, hola. <laughs> and the lessons were so fun. It was like super lighthearted. People were just, you know, after work, having a good time, uh, trying something different. Um, and for me, it was, it was quite easy because the instructors, they were keeping the beat in English, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So I could follow along. I mean, I was taking the Korean lessons at the community center, but I mean, my Korean was and is on struggle. <laughs> so they're counting in English. The steps were easy enough where I could just watch, you know, you're practicing in front of this big mirror. I could just watch and then follow along. No problem. No problem. Well, after a few months in this beginner's class, I was asked if I wanted to join a performance team. So in the spirit of always saying yes, I was like, ah, where do I sign up? And up until this point, I'd just been wearing my everyday like street shoes to do these classes. 
but I knew that when I joined the performance team, I would obviously need proper dance shoes. Well, easier said than done when you have a size 12 US foot. That's about 45 in, in Euro. Well, in Euro? In European? <laughs> well, in any country, it's hard to find a big shoe for a woman. And it was especially difficult in South Korea. Uh, but luckily, the studio had a contact of someone who could make custom shoes. Well, you guys, not only are my feet big, but they're also flat. Like, I have zero arch. Zero arch. Um, if you, you know, like when you walk on the beach and you see those footprints, my footprint literally looks like a cinder block with some toes. <laughs> flat, flat, flat. Well, anyway, I got my foot measured, which is fun. Ha ha ha. And then I got to like pick and design the type of shoe that I wanted. So the thing about dance shoes is that you want them to fit snugly. So they make them like a bit small on purpose. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, that's just a thing. So I had this beautiful, sparkly silver dance shoe made with a very low heel and I chose the low heel for a reason but these shoes were tight I mean they loosened up I'm putting that in like quotation marks eventually um, but not really because the thing is like it's meant to stay on your foot um, but anyway they're gorgeous shoes so when I was designing it I decided to go with the smallest heel for logistical reasons so here I am all six foot two of me. Now imagine my dance partner is shorter, even shorter than you're thinking. So in salsa, you t do twists and turns. So he's trying to turn me. He's on his tiptoes. His arm is fully extended, trying to, you know, get his arm around my head. And of course, I'm a very nice person. I'm trying to help the situation. So I'm kind of like ducking down a little bit. And it, it didn't matter. I would usually just get like knocked in the head anyway. Um, so it was always such a funny situation when a very short man would ask, do you want to dance? And I was like, I know what is about to happen. I'm about to get, you know, smacked upside the head. But yes, let's, let's give it a try. Do your best. Do your best. <laughs> well, when it came time to join the performance team, not everybody in the beginner's class was so keen on joining. And I should have asked why, but I didn't. Instead, I was just like, let's go, I'm ready, let's do this. And as much fun as my intro class was, it was almost the exact opposite in terms of fun. <laughs> and this is why things got serious fast. So goodbye to me easily following along. Goodbye, easy counting in English. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight was a thing of the past. Hello, complicated sequences and practicing to perfection. We were now doing sequences with super complicated footwork and it had to not only be demonstrated, it needed to be explained. And, okay, 
there was a language barrier. <laughs> you remember? My Korean was on struggle. Um, and the teacher was like getting a bit frustrated. I think I was also getting a bit frustrated. Uh, we did have another dancer in the class who spoke English perfectly. But I mean, she was also trying to learn the moves. So she couldn't be on translator duty, just, you know, shadowing me. So when we when we came to like this kind of impasse where we just, we weren't making any progress, then he would kind of call her over and ask her to explain. And it was like, tell Kimberly, do this, do this, do it like that, do it like that. And it was all like, it was so intense. So I want to say he was really a strict teacher, right? But he was kind. So I guess if you have, if you've ever had an instructor or a teacher or a coach that required that you do your best and even if you weren't there yet they were pushing you to get there and they weren't going to let you slack so it's that kind of experience um it was no longer like something that it was like a hobby and that you did for joy <laughs> I want to say it became like a part-time job I was like I'm a teacher and a dancer <laughs> <laughs> so it got super intense. Um, and like I said, like we were all working people, which meant that our rehearsals had to happen in the evening during the week and then sometimes on weekends. And there wasn't like a time limit. We would just practice and practice and practice some more. Um, but the great thing about it is that there was usually an after. Hey, and man, we tore it up. So we would usually go to like a bar or a restaurant and just like throw caution to the wind. As hard as we practiced, that's as hard as we played. Um, there was just, oh, there was so much soju. So much soju. So some of the bars in Korea, I don't know if they do this in other countries. You guys are going to have to let me know. But, well, in Daejeon, anyway, I don't even know if they did that in other cities in Korea. But in Daejeon, you could go to a bar and you could buy a bottle. And then they would just, like, keep it for you until you came back next time. <laughs> so you all know, like, it's cheaper to buy the bottle than to buy individual drinks, like, for a group. Um, so that's what we did. Like, that's how often we were doing these afters. Like, we had a bar. We had our bottle. <laughs> at that bar and then we would just you know uh buy the mixers but not to worry you never ever drink in korea without eating either the equivalent or more so koreans have this special skill where they can turn one dish into like four different meals right so you order this one thing and when you think you're finished haha you're not something gets added it could be like rice or noodles or meat or sauce or cheese there's always cheese so much cheese whatever it is it gets added and mixed and sliced and diced and then boom you've got a second a third a fourth meal sitting in front of you and you're never full like you can't tap out you just have to keep you just have to keep eating which I guess is good because you're drinking all that soju so you've got to absorb it so here we are Dancing, eating, drinking, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. Um, so when we weren't practicing or downing soju, <laughs> we would sometimes travel. Now, I couldn't make every trip because, you know, I was had a super duper busy social sketch. 
Um, but I, the one I did make, we went to a beach salsa festival in Busan, which is the southernmost point in Korea. And if you saw Black Panther, they actually saw, shot some of the scenes in Busan. Um, and it was a super cool experience. It was so, so, so cool. And I think it just kind of cemented our bond as, um, as a dance team. And in any situation where you are together for so many hours doing something, uh, physically, uh, exerting energy and things like that, you do, you do just become stronger. Well, anyway, the performance date was getting closer. So we needed to start thinking about our outfits. We needed costumes. So this is another like funny little story. Um, because I'm so tall and curvy, um, it caused a bit of a kerfuffle with the with the ladies on the team because I found out that they'd all gotten together and they chose the costumes, but they didn't tell me until afterwards, obviously, or include me in like the decision making process. So oh, I was a little hurt. Oh, oh, oh. My little feelings were bruised. Um, and then when I asked, they were like, well, I mean, you can just like wear something from your closet. Yeah, that'll be nice. <laughs> so I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> and this wasn't so much of a misunderstanding. They weren't being, you know, ruthless and backstabbing. It was nothing like that. It's more of like a cultural difference. So if we were in the States, for example, or in any other country where directness is, is you know, um, a thing, <laughs> they would have been like, a girl, there is no way you were going to fit all of that into this one size fits all onesie. Like these tassels and all this little fringe, they're not going to cover your bits. Kimberly, you're going to be exposed. <laughs> but of course, we were in Korea and they couldn't be so direct. So, I mean, I understood. So I, you know, after I dusted myself off and got over my little feelings of being left out, I went shopping and I found like the cutest little crop top that showed like just enough skin. So I didn't look like a school marm standing next to them with their sequins and cutouts. So, I mean, I was happy. They were like, oh my God, they made such a big deal. They're like, oh my gosh, you're beautiful. I'm like, okay, you guys, that's way too much. I mean. It's fine, but it's not all that. <laughs> so I guess all's well that ends well. So we have our costumes and the guys, I'm going to post some pictures because you have to see what they wore. <laughs> so then I was like, I want to know what their thought process was behind picking their outfits. They probably were told like, choose something black. And they got these like long sleeve black mesh see-through see-through shirts but the thing is as ridiculous as it looks it looked good like all together we were so cute we were we were cute y'all we were adorable so anyway the big night has finally arrived I invited my friends and my co-workers um, and then, of course, all the studio peeps were there in attendance, and I was so nervous. Like, although we'd been practicing for months and months and months and months and months, I think it was like the anticipation of going on stage and just having everybody watching you that, you know, really got me a bit nervous. 
And if you've ever been in a show or production or even like an athletic event, then you know that like your day starts way, way before the curtains go up. For athletics, for example, we would have like our pregame meal, we'd have a light practice session. Um, if you needed to see the trainer to get taped up or to get iced or, you know, listen to your favorite CD, CD, ha 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 ha. That was a thing. Oh gosh, showing my age. Anyway, whatever you needed to do before the game later in the afternoon or in the evening, it would happen during the day. So it kind of made for quite a long day. Well, as a salsera, it's exactly the same process. So we met up during the day, we had our practice, um, we ate together, and then we all uh, got dressed. And if I remember correctly, this was like the first time I'd ever had someone do my makeup. And it was also the first time that I'd ever worn false eyelashes. So I was feeling so pretty. I was just like, I feel pretty, oh so pretty. <laughs> Uh, but that wasn't even the highlight. So after we got all dressed up, we had a full-blown photo shoot. So there was a photo studio not too far from where we were. So we had our photos taken. We did like group shots, then we did the men, then we did the women, then we did our partners. And we even did like individual shots. So it was really like a full-on day. It was full-on. So... By now, it's nighttime, right? The audience is in their place, the stage is set, and we're about to go on. And you just like feel the energy buzzing around us. But when I tell you the moment that I stepped onto that stage, all of the stress and the anxiety and the uncertainty, everything just melted away. I belonged on that stage. I don't know. There's just like something about when that spotlight comes on, everything clicks and your mind and your body are in sync. You know, you don't have to think about it. You just do it. So all the training, all of the late night rehearsals, all of the sequences that we learned separately and then we had to put them together and do the transitions and then it got changed and then it got like tweaked some more. I mean, it didn't matter. At that moment, the only thing that mattered was executing the routine and it was amazing. And I just, I remember smiling from ear to ear. I had like a perma smile. I never stopped smiling. Oh, it was beautiful. Well, um, oh, this is really funny. Also, <laughs> there is a move, right? Okay. I felt like baby in dirty dancing because, you know, she didn't do the lift and to the end. Well, there is this move towards the end of our routine where we had to squat and like drop it like it was hot, slap the floor and then like shimmy our way back up. But you guys, my knees, they won't let me be great. Because I was a ball player, I had a lot of um, problems with my knees during college. So I had three knee surgeries, and till this day, I have a titanium rod implanted in my left knee. That just means that I can make suggestions to my knees. Um, I can ask it to do things that, you know, I want to do, but I'm not in charge. <laughs> if they decide, like, they're not going to do it, like, they just won't. 
So I never did it. Like I never did this move in the rehearsals because I mean, I explained to them, I didn't think I went into detail. She was just, I was just like, oh, my knees, bad knees. I can't. <laughs> so um, they, of course, were asking like, are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? On the day of the, the performance, the dance instructor, he was so cute. He came up to me and was like, Kimberly, are you going to do it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Don't worry. I'm going to do it. So here we are on the stage, spotlights on, the audience is, you know, really into it and watching and clapping and all of these things. And it comes, the moment arrives. I didn't give it a second thought. I just dropped it like it was hot, slapped the floor, did my little shimmy and kept it moving. Okay. Applause, congratulations, flowers, speech, speech. And it was over like that. In the blink of an eye, it was over. I think our routine was like three or four minutes. Um, but it, it really did feel like the blink of an eye. So I was so proud of myself and so proud of the team. We were like, we did it, group. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> anyway, there were so many times. <laughs> So many times that I wanted to quit. I wanted to like not show up for the rehearsals. I wanted to just be like, I don't want to do it anymore. But I didn't, you know, like I pushed through the blood, sweat and tears. Well, actually, I don't think there was any blood, but I did lose a toenail. So anyway, I pushed through the lost toenail, the sweat and the tears, and I accomplished something. So this experience um, it's definitely up there in my accomplishments. And like I said before, I loved every single second that I was on the stage. Uh, but after it was all said and done, I vowed never, ever, ever, never, ever, 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 ever <laughs> to join a performance team again. It was, it was more than I had expected. Um, the time commitment, I think, was more than I had anticipated. So... If I had known then what I knew now, I probably still would have done it. Come on. How many people do a performance in Korea? Anyway, I probably would have done it. But now, no, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> so now I think at that time, it was probably two years later that I moved to Colombia, to Santiago de Cali. Now, Santiago de Cali is, wait for it the salsa capital of the world. I was so excited to move there because I was placed there. I didn't even choose that city, but it was my placement. Um, I was just so excited to be able to continue dancing. But when I got there and I saw the style of dancing that people were doing, I was just like, oh my gosh, what is this? It was so totally different than what I had learned. So, of course, what did I do? Back to the studio, more lessons for your girl. But this was a really different experience because when you're dancing salsa, I guess, in any Latino country, it's, it's different than what you would probably do in an Asian country. So it's more about movement, right? Like letting the music move your body. Of course, you're still on that eight count. You have to be on beat. Uh, but there's just more room for interpretation and for, you know, just kind of like letting loose. But I am so grateful for the foundation that I got in Korea. Kamsamnida. 
I'm so grateful for that because it made learning salsa in Colombia just so much easier. And nobody could believe it when I told them that I learned to dance in South Korea. And they're like, what? No way. I was like, no, 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 really, you guys, it was legit. We were like dancing, dancing. <laughs> so it didn't take me long to, you know, learn this new style. And then I was off, off into the night of the salsa scene in Cali. But my salsa journey continues even today, except for I've traded in my sparkly shoes, the bright lights, and the dance floor for my living room. Well, I'm always grateful to be a salsera. It is something that will always be in my alma. I just, you know, I feel it in my soul. Um, so I do want to take this time to say thank you to my teammates, to all of my friends, all of my salsa friends, and of course to the teachers that were so patient with me. <laughs> Patience and grace. Thank you so, so, so much. You are all amazing. Bueno, mi gente, ya estamos. Muchas gracias por estar aquí conmigo, por escucharme y reír conmigo y todo. Y hasta la próxima. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Kimmy Travels podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, be sure to share it with others and on social media. You can also leave a review or rating wherever you listen to podcasts. To hear the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Kimushka underscore Kimi Travels, on Twitter at Kimi underscore Travels, or you can visit my website, www.kimitravels.com. Thanks again, and I'll catch you next time. And remember, enjoy the journey.